And boom, we're live. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, my friends. Welcome back to Speaking Canadian with Nick, a podcast for learning English in a dynamic way through interesting and authentic content that you can understand for the most part because my objective with this podcast is to present it to you in a very comprehensible way. For that reason, I will try to limit my colloquialisms and try to keep it as neutral as possible, but at the same time, Um, Well, keeping in mind that I am trying to articulate as best as possible, I also want this podcast to be natural, to be spoken at a more or less natural speed, uh, just paying a little bit more attention to the words that I use and stuff like that so that the majority of you can understand what's being said. So in today's episode, I want to talk about uh, and explain 10 interesting expressions with examples. So I'm going to give you three examples for each expression. It's kind of a mix up today. So a combination of many different elements because we have phrasal verbs, we have uh, general expressions that are very authentic in North American uh, slang, but not only in slang, they're actually quite neutral. They can be used in many different um, registers of language, which will be uh, of great help to you because I know that a lot of you are, say, European, for example, or even uh, from Southeast Asia, and you want to be able to learn English to communicate on a more basic level and not necessarily speak like a native speaker, which is totally reasonable. And I definitely uh, intend to make more episodes geared towards um, communicating, which is really the basis of this podcast. My Uh, whole philosophy behind this podcast is to get you up to a level where you're able to communicate, you're able to understand and respond uh, without thinking too much. Because what my podcast gives you that books don't and other learning materials that are more formal and based on grammar is that what I'm giving you is literally what you will hear when you come to Canada, when you come to the U.S., Even when you go to Britain, people are going to speak at very much the same pace. They might have a different accent. They might use different words. But nevertheless, it's still English. And um, using this podcast will immensely help you in your language learning journey to be able to overcome these obstacles of comprehension and eventually uh, be able to express yourself more eloquently in English. But that's uh, not the topic of today. Today, I want to talk about these 10 expressions. So the very first one we have today is a phrasal verb. I don't think I've mentioned it in a previous podcast because it is a very common one. It's definitely one that you should know because, in fact, while preparing this podcast, I realized that there's actually no equivalent to this expression um, in terms of a formal vocabulary in it being one word that is very uh, definite. So we have to take off, to take off. So there are uh, more formal equivalents to this word. That's actually not true, but it's only when it's used in this one particular context, uh, meaning to um, be in a plane, like taking off in a plane. Um, is There's really no equivalent to be able to express that thought without using this phrasal verb. So uh, we have um, the meaning to leave. So it also means to leave informally. And it means to begin to ascend in a plane. So I had to string together a bunch of different words, meaning to put together and use a bunch of different words to be able to express that thought without uh, using to take off. So we have to ascend in a plane and also to remove. So to take off can mean to remove, like to remove clothing, for example. Um, Remove clothing is very formal. You would typically say to take off clothing. Um, So here's some examples of its usage so you can better understand how it's used in context. We got to take off soon, but it was nice talking to you. We got to take off soon, but it was nice talking to you. So say, for example, you're at a party. I'll give you you a situation. 
uh, not just the context, but also the, the imagery is very important because the more that you can associate a memory with what you're learning, the easier it's going to be to retain the information. So say I'm at a party with my friend and my friend uh, starts talking to this girl and we're having a good time, having some laughs. And by the end of the conversation, you know, I'm looking at my watch and I'm realizing, oh, no, like I got work tomorrow. Like it's already, you know, past midnight and I better get home. I got to let the dog out before I go to bed. So uh, I better do that. You know, I'll let my I'll give my friend a little nudge, meaning I'll I'll, t- I'll tap him on the shoulder and tell him that, hey, hey, man, I know you're trying to pick up this girl, but, you know, we got to get going. So he could say to the girl, you know, uh, we got to take off soon, but it was nice talking to you. You know, we got to take off soon. It was nice talking to you. Or I could say that if I was part of the conversation, if I wasn't just <laughs> standing there awkwardly. Uh, we we got to take off soon. It was nice talking to you. You know, maybe get her number and you can talk to her later. And then we have the second example. I hope you liked my little situation and imagery. And maybe you find yourself in that situation before. And um, I know for me that when you find yourself in a situation where you have to express yourself in foreign language, you know, it's particularly stressful. You know, it can be sometimes if you're not learning in the right way, which I wasn't for a long time. I was very much basing my learning off grammar. And then when it came to conversation, I was very stressed and uh, unable to use the language to communicate, to express my thoughts. But anyways, the second example is, uh, what time are we taking off? What time are we taking off? So again, depending on the situation, this could actually mean what time are we leaving? You know, in general, it doesn't necessarily have to refer to a plane. Um, But typically, uh, if you imagine this situation uh, in an airport, then of course, we are talking, we're referring to a plane, right? So what time are we taking off means what time are we flying? Are we beginning to fly somewhere? And then the third example, meaning to remove. So like I said, to take off has many different meanings, uh, but it can also mean to remove. So uh, you might see a sign, something like this, please take off your shoes before you come in. Please take off your shoes before you come in. Or the host or hostess could tell you that uh, before Uh, you go to enter a place before you go to go in a place, right? So please take off your shoes before you go in um, or before you come in. And the next phrasal verb is to crack down on, to crack down on. So I don't want to, you know, spend too much time on phrasal verbs because I know that I've already made a couple episodes on them, but I really think that they are in demand and they're definitely something that a lot of foreigners have trouble with and even native speakers, like I mentioned in the previous episode, it really is something that is unique and um, objectively difficult. So to crack down on means to pe- to penalize, to penalize or um, to more strictly enforce something. So say, for example, the police are beginning to crack down more heavily on petty theft, petty theft. So these are kind of particular terms that you may not be familiar with, and that's okay. Um, the importance of these podcasts is to expose yourself constantly to the content that I give you. Uh, so I'll do my best to be consistent to uh, make podcasts as often as I can. Again, I haven't promised a rate of, of publication yet. I haven't been able to nail that down yet. So to determine, I haven't been able to determine that yet. But nevertheless, you can always repeat the previous episodes of this podcast to be able to um, more efficiently absorb what I'm telling you. So the police are beginning to crack down more heavily, so more strictly is another way of saying, of saying that, more heavily on petty theft. Petty theft. So petty theft is um, theft that's not very important, that's not very um, drastic. So say, for example, I go into a store and I steal a chocolate bar. 
you know, that's petty theft. If I go into a store and I, you know, take a few packs of gum and I run out, that is petty theft, okay? So they're beginning to crack down more heavily on that, meaning they're beginning to penalize people that um, commit petty theft more heavily. So they're beginning to find these people and prosecute them or, you know, give them a slap on the wrist, as we say in English, meaning to penalize them very lightly, you know, to be lenient. The second example is the government is really cracking down on insurance fraud. Insurance fraud. The government is really cracking down on insurance fraud. So fraud is kind of a difficult concept to understand if uh, you don't already know this word. So fraud is like embezzlement or what's another word for this? It's like cheating people out of money. So say, for example, my credit card was um, hacked by someone and they got into my bank account and my money, that would be considered fraud. That crime is called fraud in English. And the third expression of today is to get pumped. To get pumped. So this is an informal expression. It's kind of slang, uh, but it doesn't sound super informal. Uh, it just depends on the context, of course. If you're with your friends, you know, this is totally acceptable in more or less any context uh, in which this expression would come up. So to get pumped up means to get re-energized or to get energized in general, not necessarily re-energized, but to get excited. Um, say, for example, um, you know, you could tell you could tell the players got really pumped up before the match. Their energy poured into the stands. So the stands are in an arena where there's a sports match taking place. So that's the stands where the spectators sit when watching any kind of show. So you could tell the players got really pumped up, meaning they got really excited, they got really full of energy for the match. Their energy poured into the stands, so it was omnipresent. It affected everyone in the building. The good thing about this expression is it's very much um, a linear expression in the sense that it's only used really in one context, meaning to get energized, to get excited. So here are a couple more examples of that. I like to get pumped up before I go for a run. I like to get pumped up before I go for a run. So for a lot of people, cardio is really hard, like me. Um, I'm not very good at running. It's something that I want to improve on. And it's, it's really like my endurance is not good for my age. I need to, to work on it. But yeah, like a lot of people like to get pumped up before they go for a run, for example. So they like to, you know, maybe lift some weights, maybe talk to themselves in the mirror like Rocky, you know, put on some, <laughs> some music, some tunes, so some music, and uh, really get, you know, in the zone to, for running, for exercise. And then this one actually doesn't use the verb to get. And as I mentioned in the previous episode, I'm going to make more episodes explaining the verb to get because there are so many different usages and it's very, very confusing, I understand. And uh, yeah, it's, it's very versatile, the verb to get. But in this case, I'm actually, you can actually take away or take off the verb, um, take away, take away the verb to get. I'm pumped for our trip. I'm pumped for a trip. I'm pumped for a trip, meaning I'm very excited for our trip. And it's more informal. So I'm pumped for my trip to Spain. I'm pumped to go see a concert tomorrow or the concert tomorrow. And the next expression, which happens to be a phrasal verb, is to show up. To show up. So this can actually have a couple meanings. It depends on how formal the situation is or in what context it's used. So for example, it usually means to appear or to attend, but it can also mean to show that you're better than someone else, you know, to kind of brag or boast about your skills and the fact that you're better than someone else. So say, for example, um, look who decided to show up. 
look who decided to show up. This is definitely a phrase or a sentence that you will hear very often in uh, different, you know, dramas, in different TV shows, movies. Uh, look who decided to show up, meaning look who decided to appear to show themselves, to attend, you know, whatever event is going on. Crystal never shows up for class. Crystal never shows up for class, meaning she never goes to class. She's never here with us. We're all attending this class, but she never shows up. She never comes. Another example, if you want to pass this class, you have to show up more than twice a week. If you want to pass this class, you got to show up more than twice a week. That's something that a teacher could say and uh, is kind of nostalgic for me because... <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I didn't, I didn't skip class that much. I was, uh, I was a good boy. And the next expression is can do wonders. Can do wonders. This is kind of a weird expression. I came across it in a video and I was like, oh, I got to write that down. So um, it, it means that it has a greatly positive effect on something or someone. So uh, for example, kids nowadays are so rambunctious. So rambunctious, if you don't know this word, it means very full of energy, very excitable. A little discipline can do wonders. A little discipline can do wonders, meaning it can have a greatly positive effect on kids nowadays, right? So kids nowadays are so rambunctious, a little discipline can do wonders. Another example, basic social programs in disadvantaged areas of the inner city can do wonders for generations to come. So I know that was a, a long sentence, but let's break it down. So basic social programs in disadvantaged areas, so areas that are disadvantaged. I think if you speak Latin-based languages, you'll understand that. Um, disadvantaged areas of the inner city, so downtown in the suburbs, um, which typically the suburbs are out of town, but inner city is kind of a synonym for suburbs or um, impoverished areas of a big city. Uh, can do wonders for generations to come. So again, can have a greatly positive uh, effect on uh, generations to come. If you want to learn a language, doing a little bit every day can do wonders in the long run. If you want to learn a language, doing a little bit every day can do wonders in the long run. So in the long run means long term, over a long period of time. And the next expression is to sugarcoat. To sugarcoat, meaning being passively a passive aggressively indirect when giving information, telling a story, or requesting something. Um, like to fabricate a story in favor of your own interests. It's kind of difficult to understand, uh, and it is a more informal expression, I would say. It's not super, super slangy. It's, it's somewhere in the middle, somewhat neutral, but just, yeah, pay attention <laughs> to when, when to use it. Uh, so here's an example. Don't sugarcoat it. Just tell me what's up. Don't sugarcoat it. Just tell me what's up. Say, for example, your friend is in a really precarious situation they're very you know upset uh, that you can tell that something is bothering them you could say hey you know don't sugarcoat it. just tell me what's up just tell me what's going on why are you upset you don't have to um, put it in a in a way that you would put it to strangers you know like being more indirect you know just tell me straight up what's going on another example you don't have to sugarcoat anything with me i can handle it you know, you don't have to sugarcoat anything with me. I can handle it. Meaning you don't have to, you know, tell me things in a very passive aggressive way. You can simply tell me directly what you think about any topic, for example. And another example of this usage, it's very similar. It has kind of a nuanced uh, meaning. 
Uh, she loves to sugarcoat stories to make herself look better. So to sugarcoat something is like to tell something in a way that makes yourself look better or as the, the hero of the situation, for lack of a better word. And the next expression is to come to someone, to come to someone. So this is a weird one because it really has a lot of different meanings in different contexts. To come to someone can mean to approach someone uh, with the hope of telling them something or uh, with the hope that they'll help you or something like that. But in this context, I want to talk uh, more about the meaning of being able to learn something quickly, uh, to think of something or to have an epiphany, meaning to have a, re a realization. Uh, for example, I was working outside slaving away, meaning working really hard, usual, when it came to me, why I'm rich? Why am I working so hard? So I was working outside slaving away like usual when it came to me, when I thought of the idea that I'm rich, so why am I working so hard? And another example, how did that come to you? Meaning, how did you think of that? How did that come to you? Another example, engineering came to me pretty quickly once I got going. Engineering came to me pretty quickly once I got going. Or you could say, for example, more language related, English came to me pretty quickly once I got going. So once I got started, English became a lot easier for me. I picked up on it a lot quicker. I uh, learned it much more easily than I did in the beginning. And the next one is to binge watch. Okay, so this one might be an anglicism. I don't really know if you guys already use this in other languages, but to binge watch means to watch something excessively, to sit down and watch a whole series of a show in record time, in a week or a couple days or whatever it may be. So for example, I binge watched all the seasons of Game of Thrones in a week. I binge watched all the seasons of Game of Thrones in a week. Pretty impressive. Ooh, I think it took me more than a week. <laughs> I don't know. I don't watch that much TV. Uh, another example. What is a show that you can binge watch like it's nothing? What is a show that you can binge watch like it's nothing? So like it's nothing is like, you know, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. I think you understand that. <laughs> uh, I'm not much of a binge watcher. I'm usually too easily distracted and indecisive. I'm, too, I'm not much of a binge watcher. So I'm not much of, meaning I'm not really a binge watcher, so someone who binge, wa binge watches, <laughs> I'm too easily distracted and indecisive, which very well, <laughs> very describes me very well. So uh, the next one is to pull it off, to pull it off. This is an interesting expression as well. It means to manage to do something or to have success in doing something. So for example, how did you pull that off? How did you pull that off? So it literally doesn't mean to take something off you know, or to like pull off your sweater, take off your sweater. It simply means to uh, manage to do something. Like, how did you manage to do that? It's like, how did you pull that off? Like, how did you manage to do that? That's, that's crazy. That's incredible. <laughs> After five years of hard work, we finally pulled it off. There's another example. After five years of hard work, we finally pulled it off. We finally had success, right? It told us that there was no way we could pull it off but we showed them they were wrong. They told us there was no way we could pull it off. There was no way we could do it, but we showed them they were wrong. To go back on your word, to go back on your word, means to contradict your own promise. To contradict your own promise. Don't go back on your word. You said you were here for me no matter what. 
Don't go back on your word. You said you were here for me no matter what. Don't go back on your word. Don't do it. Despite saying she wanted to stay in contact with him, she went back on her word and never spoke to him again. Despite saying she wanted to stay in contact, she went back on her word and never spoke to him again. Ooh, that's cold. They say all you have is your word, and if you go back on it, no one will trust you. They say all you have is your word, and if you go back on it, no one will trust you. That's it for today, my friends. I hope that today's episode was interesting and above all practical and useful. Uh, don't forget to uh, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or also you know, email me at speakingcanadian.hotmail.com if you have any suggestions for future topics of um, to talk about because I would love to make more informal podcasts like this where I speak a little bit more spontaneously and don't necessarily prepare everything I'm going to say. I think that a good mix of both is beneficial because a lot of the episodes that I do write up, so I do prepare in advance, um, do have some utility in the sense that um, I articulate more for people that are at a lower uh, level of comprehension. You know, it's definitely less scary to listen to <laughs> content that is more prepared. So let me know what you think. I would love to do a range of different topics as well. And I'm definitely still into doing more controversial topics. I know that I mentioned in a previous podcast that I wanted to focus more on the language, which is absolutely true. But that being said, I think that, you know, combining a little bit of controversy, uh, some topics that maybe not everyone agrees on, uh, might just be the difference between you giving up English because you think it's really boring and you going, damn, like, I love this podcast. This is really interesting content that I am looking forward to listening to. And that's really what my goal is for this podcast. You know, I have many goals, I have many ambitions and where I want to see this podcast go, podcast go. But at the end of the day, I think that it's more important that I give you guys what you're looking for. So, let me know what you think, and um, there will also be a link to my PayPal page on which, uh, like I mentioned in the previous podcast, I don't want to keep repeating myself, but I don't want you guys to forget either if you are interested. Um, if you want a transcription to this podcast or other ones like it, the only exclusion being interviews, uh, with a donation of just $2 Canadian, you will be able to have access to uh, the full transcription of one of any episode uh, that I mentioned that follows th that criteria. Um you will have access to that transcription and I'll send it to you personally um, if you uh, wish to give me a donation on PayPal. Thank you so much for your time, guys. I hope that you learned something today and uh, share me with your friends if you think that they could also benefit from this kind of podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye.